0: Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome to another episode of uh, We Only Talk Books. Uh, This weekend, we are doing something a little new. Uh, We are talking to Shilpa, uh, whose last two books uh, me and DDS read and absolutely loved. And we really wanted to talk to her and know more about her stories and her writing. Uh, Because I hear that she is an avid reader herself. Uh, So welcome to the podcast, uh, Shilpa
1: thank you thank you for having me
0: uh before we begin uh we want uh, to know about you from yourself
1: yeah oh okay <laughs> i always get a little stumped by that question because i'm never very <laughs> sure as to what would describe me uh, perfectly i um i write i read i'm uh, i'm part of the corporate rat race i have a oh, um, lovely um little daughter who keeps me on my toes Uh, so all of it I think is uh, I mean one facet of who I am so I always find very difficult to when I sit down and say you know tell me something about yourself I'm like which bitch shall we talk about
0: (laughs) (laughs) so how is your daughter coping up with this uh, you know uh, lockdown period it must be very hard for you and her to stay home all these days and keep her busy also
1: it is, it is. It is very difficult, actually, uh, keeping her occupied all day is one thing. And also just trying to, I think I have new respect for what the teachers do with them at school, you know. I mean, to keep them engaged, keep them occupied, keep them interested, keep them off screen as much as possible. And at the same time, work from home, it's been quite a challenge. But at the same time, it's um, it's been wonderful to you know have that time with her which isn't that rat race where we wake up in the morning and we're charging to get to you know reach her to school then run to office then come back pick her up come back home you know that routine has sort of slowed down so it's been nice to um, you know have this sort of different routine but I have to say I'll also be very grateful when we go back to normal and the routine reverts to what it used to be.
0: Yes, so, I agree with uh, Shilpa,
2: you. So, how, Shilpa, how frazzled are you? We are uh, familiar with your frazzled and fabulous. <laughs> so how, is it, how fa- uh, frazzled are you and how is it helping with your frazzled and fabulous episodes?
1: I am extremely frazzled. Uh, but when it comes to the frazzled and fabulous, she gives me enough matter and content to last, I think, the next one year if I decide to post everything. <laughs> so So you
0: should (laughs) we love to read everything (laughs) because she's really
1: on a roll right now so uh, but it's been good you know and I think she's enjoying it too having me home and you know uh, not that she doesn't have me home on a normal basis because I only work out of office for the amount of time that she's at school I pick her up from school I come back and I work from home But um, it's still been different and I think she's enjoying it. And then that's going to be another challenge when school starts and she realizes she needs to go back to the old normal. (laughs) So we'll have to see how that plays out.
0: All the best for that. But yeah, yeah, that uh, that would have its own, uh, you know, uh, merit. Like we really do want to get back to those normal where we can do all these things.
1: Uh, It does, you know, I think what I miss the most is, you know, that uh, time which I had in office where I could work without uh, any distractions, because Mm -hmm. I got a lot more done. Now, the only time that I get whether it's to work or to write without distractions is after she sleeps, which means I'm not sleeping very much. So
0: definitely very frazzled. (laughs) Okay, that was a good bit about yourself, and we realized that it would be made. It is uh, such a huge uh, task, then you know, to get the books uh, finished, to get the writing done and editing done, and get the books out. And I really, really appreciate uh, all that you do. Uh, you know, doing oh, your work you. with your daughter and then writing. Seriously, thank I only have know. one job to do, and I'm not writing, so it's really, really amazing. <laughs>
1: Thank you, but you know, I I will say this. I mean, both Zoe and the writing are definitely the fun parts of my life, and I wouldn't trade either one for anything.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, even sleep. So, <laughs> so Shilpa, what is your first memory with the books like?
1: So, um, you know, I've I've always been an extremely voracious reader. And um, I see a lot of myself in my daughter. I mean, I also hear a lot of my mother in my voice when I'm telling her, you know, put that book down. The light's not good here. Don't read a book in a moving car. You're going to get glasses. That's what I I mean. My mom's been on my case all my life and oh, she was proved right. We all have heard that. Yeah. And she was proved right also. I got glasses promptly in grade <laughs> 7. Um, but my mother says that, you know, every time she needed to cook, even when I was like a year, year and a half, she'd park me in the kitchen with a picture book. And she's saying she didn't even have to look back after that. She, I'd sit there looking at the pictures the entire morning while she finished, you know, all the meals for the day and things like that. Uh, but definitely my earliest memories have always been of, you know, being told, stop reading at the dining table, talk to the family, don't read in my car, what are you doing or hiding under the covers because it's way past bedtime with a torch. So I even now even today I can't uh, I can't go to sleep if I haven't read a bit no matter how tired I am I need to read at least a page or two. So for me reading is my it's my de-stressor my unwind time and my me time so to speak.
0: I kind of relate to that like uh, this uh, stop reading and talk to the family is a constant uh, thing even now also sometimes when I really don't want to listen to the family or whatever is going on I just open my phone and they say oh you're on the phone and half of the people won't know that I've opened my kindle and I'm reading something I'm like that's better than listening to you people fight behind me so (laughs) let's read I think this is common to all bookworms oh yeah so happy to have kindle on the phone oh yeah totally (laughs) So continuation from the memories part, which are like the five books that you would uh, want your daughter to read? Like as she grows up, uh, she turns five, then she turns 10, 15. So what are the books that you absolutely want her to read? Uh, if, if 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 someone has to ask your, uh, you know, whole reading life in just five books, maybe. Well,
1: to start with, so my earliest memories of books would be the Enid Blyton books. But when I look at the collection that Zoe has, there are such wonderful children's books out right now. That I think we really missed out on when we were growing up. Uh, but going from what I loved, um, th- my earliest memories of a book I loved were The Faraway Tree series by Enid Blyton. And I, in fact, uh, recently started reading that to Zoe. We've done three chapters so far. She's not very impressed. She's, ah. <laughs> she's a little like, I think I like my oh, old books, Mama. Do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> uh definitely far away true but as she's growing up i would love for her to you know be a potterhead to read the uh, rick riordan series uh, the heroes of olympus and percy jackson and Ooh. all of that you know i mean i love those books i love reading them i'd love for her to read them uh, but um and as she grows into an adult then i have a whole bunch of recommendations that she can get into <laughs>
0: And Bhagavan, I think you will have all your books also lined up for her to read.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> She's already been
1: on my case of late, you know. She's like, Mama, why don't you write a book that I can read? I think it's time you write a kid's book. And then she says, Not like that Moonface and Silky story that you're reading to me. <laughs> definitely not a Far Away Tree fan. <laughs> But uh, I do think, you know, the more she's been asking, it's more an idea that I've been toying with because I read so many books to her. And I think there's such there's such lovely stuff out there that maybe some if I ever do manage to find the time I'll actually dabble in maybe a middle grade story someday.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. At least you should start writing a short one for her to read if she's insisting so much. And then you can, you know, build up on that.
1: So we make up stories together. Uh, hers have some very surprising endings because we do these, uh, we do story time in the night is not only reading books, we do one story where, you know, I tell a line, then she'll add to it and we go back and forth. But it's a little uh, startling because we'll be halfway through a story about a fox that was looking for dinner and ended up being recycled for some reason. (laughs) So I'm like a little <laughs> unsure of where her imagination is taking
0: her. We 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 want a podcast of those stories. Do do a recording of those stories and then uh, put it out for the world. We would love to hear those.
1: You know, I mean, it's it, she has uh, an extremely vivid imagination, and it's fun. It's fun because we did one the other night. We were t- I was talking about a lion who was hungry, and I said he went looking for food, and she stopped me and she said he has to be a kind lion, or we are not doing this. No. And I'm like, what is the time now I'm going to eat? I'm a little confused. I can't see him eating grass. <laughs> and she's like, it's okay then. He'll be hungry for a while. I said, okay. <laughs> so we are very interesting. Party time is very, very interesting for us every night because it's pretty much a hash of <laughs> everything.
2: While we are talking about your favorite book, Shilpa, I would like to insert in here that Uh, You, me and uh, Pratibha here, we have a book in common that we recently read and loved, which was Red, White and Royal.
1: Oh, yes. (coughs) Yes. Uh, Uh,
2: uh, You and Pratibha read it before me and with you two gushing about it, I had to read it and I ended up loving it almost as much.
1: Yeah, I mean, Falguni recommended that to me, actually, Falguni Kotari, And she said she messaged me one night and she was like, you have to read this right now. And uh, uh, yeah, I love her stuff, too. I mean, she writes incredibly well. And uh, I think Red, White and Royal Blue is one of the strongest debuts I have seen in a very long time. Yes. I, because i th- i do think like uh while people have fantastic debuts it takes a little while for an author to mature into their voice and really hit their stride sometimes um and this um this book gave me writer's envy because it's just absolutely brilliant i uh, okay.
0: talked I- about uh, YA fiction uh, recently with a friend and I couldn't stop talking about this one I think the whole if this whole year whenever uh, topic of books come up red white and royal blue will come up from uh, my side definitely I can't stop talking about this one <laughs> Yeah
1: absolutely. okay so
0: let's
2: get to Shilpa's uh, writing journey uh, tell us about your journey so far and when it comes to your books which has been your uh, troublesome kid which has been my troublesome kid when it comes to your book.
1: Oh, troublesome kid. Okay. Uh, well, my writing journey was fairly, actually, to be honest. I, I mean, you hear a lot about how um, everything is a struggle and everyone is very mean and everyone's very rude. I have to confess that people have actually been very nice to me uh, during this writing journey. I've uh, When I first... Uh, I mean, I wrote my first book. It was just, I've always had this thing of someday I'll write a story and I never actually got the time. So when I actually found myself with an unexpected break, because I'd taken a short sabbatical from work, I said, okay, let's do this. And I wrote out this, uh, wrote the story, which eventually ended up being the girl he left behind. And then I didn't have a clue what to do about it. I didn't have anyone uh, really giving me any advice. So I got online and I said, how to get published how to publish a romance novel in India. And I got like these hundred <laughs> or so Google search results, one of which was the Mills and Boone submissions page. Without even knowing that they had a Mills and Boone in India, I wrote to the UK office and submitted my story there. And somebody very, very sweetly wrote back to me, an editor there, and I I haven't forgotten it because it was one of the sweetest things. Now, when I think back in hindsight, I realize what a sweet gesture it was. Uh, Wrote back to me saying, you have a very strong voice and I love uh, your style of writing, but uh, there are a few minor issues with your story. If you're willing to fix it, I would love to look at it again. And then she proceeded to list these minor issues that went into about three pages. Oh, that's <laughs> but, you know, the fact that she took the time to do that, you know, instead of just telling me, sorry, this doesn't work for us. I don't think I realized then how big a deal it was, but I do now. And uh, yeah. I, I actually sat down, I printed out her list of, Uh, things that needed to be fixed and I worked on it and I it meant rewriting more than 70% of the book and then I sent it back to her and by then I had finished writing my second book which ended up being rescued by love Uh, and I told her and you know the cheek of ignorance right you don't really know (laughs) where to stop so I sent her and said look I edited it the way you told me to and I've also written this other book do you want to see that also (laughs) you know I mean like today I wouldn't do it because I know that that it's probably not the done thing but then I didn't know better and she very sweetly wrote back and said I love them both and I think we're going to send you a two book contract <laughs> so um then she sent forwarded uh, you know my details to the India office and things sort of took off from there so that that was great and I don't think I ever realized how easily that first break came uh because um After that, it started getting harder and it started getting more complicated because there were expectations involved. Then, you know, as a writer also, I think when you become more aware, you're thinking of things like, what does the market want? Would this work? Would that not work? What are their motivations? What are the characters? You know, you're going deeper into your craft, which I think in that initial enthusiasm you don't do. And that's what I meant about sort of honing your author's voice along the way. So um, my journey that way, I, I I would like to say, has been extremely, um, I would say, extremely encouraging. I've never at any point felt like it was a very difficult and mean industry. Not that there haven't been people who've told me this is rubbish. <laughs> no one's ever going to read it. But at the same time, the memory of the people who have liked what I've written, um, you know, has always sort of kept me going
0: that's you a very have, inspiring I, thing to read
1: thing uh, to hear from
0: i said that's very inspiring to hear uh, about the good uh, memories of your writing journey
1: yes there are there's plenty of good i think not just in my in my or everybody else's writing journey or even their life's journey i think it's just that sometimes we forget to see it because the bad tends to swamp us but as long as we can keep it in sight we'll get through the rest
2: Okay, so now let's get to the part where uh, you have had trouble writing with a book. What kind of block do you say? So which was the toughest book for you to write?
1: Toughest. Um, I, I remember the easiest. <laughs> <But> <laughs> uh, toughest, I think, um, I think in a way, A barren heart was difficult because it was very raw and it was very uh, personal and it was very, um, it was a topic that I knew, how do you say it? It's a topic that people don't want to talk about because of how raw and personal it is. But at the same time, it needed to be handled with enough tact so that it doesn't um, end up being only sad or depressing or upsetting there had to be more to it there had to be hope there had to be there had to be resolution there had to be love and all of that needed to come through at the same time so I'd say it was definitely a slightly more challenging
0: book to write but that is a very very beautiful book that you have written I I would remember that book for a very very long time it's uh... It may be the second best read for me for 2020. I'm sorry. Red, white, and oh brown. Thank you so talk. much. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> it is Because after a very long time, I read something uh, in the Indian fiction. And I have been asking DDS uh, that, you know, she is in more touch with Indian fiction. So I keep asking her, okay, what is good coming out in Indian fiction? They tell me, you know, so I can pick it and read it up. and I, Because I'm completely unaware of a lot of books yeah. coming out in the Indian market. But uh, then she sends me uh, this one, and I was ab- I was absolutely amazed. I'm like, okay, fine. You've, after very very long time, we are hearing such mature voices and such a beautiful story of people who are not perfect, but then they are still, you know. I mean, uh, I think uh, it, there is a line in some book wherein says, you know, everyone talks about they lived happily after, and no one talks yeah. about what happens after so yeah. this is what happens after stories are very very uh, much needed to be there out in the market and i really love the fact that you wrote this one thank you so this when podcast we come is making my day. <laughs> <laughs> oh same here as too so <laughs> when we are talking about your books i really really want to know that one is, uh, because i read a chapter of the ne- arjun's uh, story in this barren heart so what is going yeah. to be the theme for that next uh, Kapoor Brothers book?
1: So the theme is fairly simple. As everyone who's read Love, Marriage and Other Disasters knows, Arjun is a widower. And he was someone who was madly in love with his wife. And uh, losing her has sort of uh, led him to closing himself off to feeling anything again. Uh, So the theme, if there is a theme, would be how, how do you move past grief like that? You know, when you've lost um someone who's literally the absolute pivot of your life how do you not only learn to live without that person but also how do you how do you let yourself love again a there is that sense of betrayal that you're allowing somebody else to replace them even though logically and rationally in your head you know that that's not true and you know like Agreed. even if i have to speak from the character's perspective arjun knows that his uh, wife would never have expected him to live life alone yeah but at the same time, it feels like a betrayal to actually be thinking about somebody else. And two, uh, how do you open yourself up to pain like that again when it's instinctive to shield yourself, to you know, sort of protect yourself from feeling that kind of grief again? So that's basically what I'm trying to tackle. And Arjun has also been very challenging, I think, more because. I've I've had so many people message me asking me for Arjun's story that the pressure is building and I really hope <laughs> that his story lives
0: up to their expectations. Uh, we're I'm eagerly waiting for Arjun's story but don't worry I have more pressure for you because I really want to know about whether you're writing a third book in the Kapoor's Brothers and I want to know what happens to Arav and his all arranged marriage drama because he was so hell-bent on going the arranged marriage yeah. route. I want his story also so are we expecting uh, his
1: book also yes Arav's book is next once I'm done with Arjun's and in fact wow. uh, you get a peek uh, at Arav's heroine in Arjun's story too and she's going to be a um, soap opera you know one of these Hindi TV soap opera leads so <laughs> like the absolute opposite of Arav in every possible way <laughs> that is going to be so interesting I
0: am but totally I looking forward to
1: so, yeah, I just felt like she would be his absolute worst nightmare come true, right? I mean, he's such a reserved, quiet, He really deserves that to grow up. I
0: don't know, like he, he really, he, I, I would love to see him in that zone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I
1: think I, I, I honestly feel like, uh, I mean, I the idea of uh, her character came to me because I just felt like he was such a sorted stable guy you know no issues very mature knew what knows what he wants and things like that and I just felt like someone needed to shake him out of that comfort zone
0: <laughs> <laughs> no 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 you felt that like you needed to create some drama in his life
1: yeah and who better than a Hindi soap need to do that <laughs> That's
2: cool. well, this is all fun but uh, I just wanted to ask you, Shilpa, about, once more about the parent heart, because yeah. as uh, Prasiva was saying that it's very rarely that we see what happens after the happily ever after. That's one aspect of the book, but the other uh, thing that really attracted me to the book was the core theme of what the couple was going through about okay. uh, and about... Yeah, about fertility issues. So uh, what prompted you uh, to write such a book, such a topic rather?
0: So what I,
1: so I've often seen and uh, through personal experience as well, realized that this is something that people are extremely uncomfortable talking about. And yet at the same time, everyone's very comfortable, you know, six months into your marriage nudging you and saying, good news, yeah." That they don't mind doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, they don't mind looking at you and saying, you've been married four years. What are you waiting for? When is a kid coming? Or even once you've had the first one, don't you think they need a sibling? You know, like, uh, no one seems to even realize how intrusive they're being. A, because the person they're speaking to, there are so many reasons why there may not be a child. One, maybe it's just their choice. Maybe they just don't want to. And... Um, and someone said this to me once and I thought it was wonderful because uh, I have a, I have friends who decided not to have children. And we were at a party one day and someone uh, asked my friend saying, uh, so you're sure you want to be childless? And she said, uh, no, but I'm very sure I want to be child free.
0: That's a her- very powerful line.
1: Yeah. And I I remember, I mean, that stuck so clear. First of all, you know, like for someone to walk up to you and say something like that, you know, there's so much judgment in that question.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: So one is that one is that it's just possibly people who just don't want to. Two, maybe they can't. Maybe they're trying desperately and it's not happening. Three, they're probably going through these incredibly painful, incredibly intrusive fertility treatments. And God knows what, which... Again, this is something that people don't talk about. Nobody will sit down in front of you and say, I had three failed IVFs, man. Do you know what it's like? They don't do it because it's extremely sensitive. It's extremely painful. And yet the world at large thinks that they can intrude on something that private. So it was was an attempt to show everybody what it's like to be on both sides of the fence, to be, you know. Feeling what you're feeling and at the same time dealing with the insensitivity of the world. Because even in a barren heart, when her sister and her in-laws assume that she shouldn't be told whether it is to protect her feelings or whether it is to um, avoid her bad luck from rubbing off or whatever might have been the reasoning behind it. It's extremely presumptive of them to assume that they would know how she would feel. And especially a sister who's loved you so much. Why would she feel anything but happy for you? But you're assuming, I mean, the assumption is there that, oh, she can't have children. So she's probably going to be jealous, which is so untrue. You can feel bad about not being able to have a child and still be very happy for everybody else who's having one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Both of these are not uh, inclusive of each other, and that's exactly. like that, that's true. That's very presumptive, and that's very immature to think of other person in that light. And yeah, many people so, do think of that way.
1: And yeah, so *A uh, barren Heart* was an attempt to sort of tell not only this story, it's so also, I think you know when you when you go when people go down this road of you know trying and wanting, and I've heard this from so many people when they when we talk like close friends and family, and you know. Everything has to be per a schedule and everyone talks about how the romance is gone and, uh, you know, the whole, I mean, there's no fun in it unless it's these unexpected, you know, they say, I mean, that's another thing. People will always say, oh, this pregnancy was a mistake. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. a mistake? Like, I mean, what, you tripped and fell into each other or (laughs) like, what do you (laughs) mean mistake? (laughs) But, or an accident. That's another, you know. Uh, favorite, but um for an unplanned pregnancy, so to speak, but then, when it's planned or when you're going through fertility treatments, it's a very clinical you know today is the day, you have three days, this is when you try, we're giving you these injections, it's very invasive, it's very painful, and um it's very hard to hold on to the intimacy that a couple shares or should share when you're going through this, so that it was an attempt to also show that
2: yes it's like uh, getting it's, it becomes more of a chore and a job when you're looking at the calendar and looking at the watch to uh, plan your intimate moments
1: yeah and um yeah and at, i i think it becomes like um, sometimes you end up with tunnel vision and you you know lose sight of the journey
2: yeah Okay, so uh, there's another thing that I wanted to know is like, how do you uh, feel about hearing from your readers? And what's the best memory you have uh, from uh, messages that you have received from your readers? I think I've
1: received the maximum number of personal and direct messages for a barren heart, strangely. Mm -hmm. I know Love, Marriage and Other Disasters and Rescued by Love um, are both books that have been widely uh, much more uh, appreciated because, you know, when people do Insta stories and they write reviews and they've been read and reviewed and rated a lot more. But the number of personal messages I've got, the number of people who've written to me saying this could be my story. I haven't received it for anybody, any other book. And I haven't shared a single one of those messages because I realize how private it is. So it's not about promoting my book. So I'm not going to screenshot it and, you know, rub out their name and screenshot the rest of the messages and say, oh, look, they love my book because it's not about that. Because every single one of them has told me, I felt like I was reading my story. This could have been my story. And I have literally not gotten so many messages for and also every single one told me that your book made me cry to a point where I got a little worried that I wrote a depressing book but then I was like I'm <laughs> uh, not sure but um, yeah I mean I've not received this many messages for any other book and I think to me that's been more very important to realize that it touched so many people.
2: I think uh, um, this is heart has a subject that uh, when people connect to, connect to it on a personal level and otherwise they may un- realize that yes, this is a story that could be it. so many others uh, real life incidents but I uh, co- cannot really uh, connect to it because they're on the other side of it. Maybe yeah, that's I think... why uh, the reactions have been so different from the other books of yours.
1: Yeah, I think, see, for some, someone who may not have struggled, and there are, touch wood, by God's grace, so many people who never have, you know, who've sailed through it, who've thought, okay, let's have a baby, blinked, happened. You know, the pregnancy was textbook, nothing went wrong, everything went well, and, you know, they're back home. Like, I have a friend, I have not a friend, actually, she's married to someone, a distant relative of mine, but um, she... Had 15 minutes of labor pain. 15 minutes. I'm just saying. (laughs) Like uh, she went for a walk. She came back. And she told her mom. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. And since she was like you know almost ready to deliver. They went to the hospital. She was having no pain. She walked into the hospital. And uh, they said. Oh you're almost completely dilated. They took her into delivery. And 15 minutes later her baby was there. You know, so I think like for a lot of people who have these kind of, you know, these other experiences, barren heart might be very difficult to relate to. They might be like, you know, it isn't like this. It isn't that difficult or it isn't that hard. But if you take a moment to think that there are that many people who are going through the exact same thing. Yeah, in fact, then, we are
2: so well connected these days, each one of us must have at least one one person in our life. That is at the least that we know could relate to this, maybe.
0: And but you know the thing is we Dave, could uh,
2: try and understand the book through them. But the thing is, I feel like, Deb,
1: is that people don't, even now, will not talk about it. Like, you might have people who you know who will not come and tell you that this has happened to me. And that's why I feel like a barren heart has, I've gotten so many personal messages, but not that uh, all of them aren't saying it on public platforms. You know, it's but all. Maybe start. So, maybe
0: it's that's a, a, start start for, uh, not a of sensitive about this issue. Uh, so I I, I take it that way. Like I mean, because end of the day, uh, some of the time, the purpose of reading or the purpose of writing uh, is to make other people aware of something they maybe they can't relate to, but at least they should have empathy about it. So it's a very very good start, I think.
1: Absolutely, I feel like you know. First, we should...
2: you think this book feels like okay. So this is what, maybe uh, people go through. Maybe I should stop harassing that friend of mine and ask, uh, stop asking her about her family
0: planning. Thing. Yeah, even if one less person asked me that question, I would be really happy about it.
1: I'll be so yeah, grateful if people stop doing that. To be honest, you know. And nothing annoys me more than someone saying any good news. I'm like, you mean what? That I got promoted? That I, you know, released another book? What would you like to talk about exactly? <laughs> like, what do you mean any good news?
0: <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean... A friend of, a friend of mine, she just, she just finished a year of wedding and she asked me, she said, how do you avoid these questions? Because, you know, you have been married six years and you don't have a kid. So how do you avoid these questions? Because now I have started to having these questions. I'm like, yeah, you'll get used to it. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's only one I have to
1: tell you the funnier story. Actually, I'm not sure. Okay, without names though. But yeah. I know of uh, a friend, uh, a couple who again decide, this is a different couple who had also decided not that they didn't want to have children. And um, his mother would apparently ask her, not him, okay, would ask yeah. her at regular intervals what is this? So many years have passed. And you know, like the the son would never speak up and say, you know, Ma, we've decided not to select you know, that conversation wouldn't happen. Yeah. So, it was like, so finally she got so fed up, and I think this was I think a good eight or nine years into the marriage that she turned around, and she said, Auntie, what to do if your son keeps shooting blanks? So, <laughs> 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 so I don't think she asked that question ever
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to shut up
1: people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's always, always a way around it, you know. I mean, to be honest, it's not a way that I have found. I think I, I am inherently a person who is uh, who tends to border on too polite and too tactful, but uh, uh, people do find ways around it. <laughs>
0: So that's what all the good uh, things people have to say about your stories. I, I'm sure you obviously got your share of criticism. So how do you deal with that? And especially for the books that you know that that recently uh, k- came out, like from the readers. I mean, criticism from the publishing is one part, but how do you deal with the criticism from the readers' uh, point of view?
1: Um, to be honest, I, I if I have to be completely honest, I'm not going to say that it you know oh it doesn't bother me at all. Of course it bothers you. You worked really hard. Uh, yeah. to put it out. And you obviously think your book is good or you wouldn't put it out. Yes, uh, sure. But having said that, you know, you're putting uh, something out on a public platform and everybody is entitled to their opinion. And everyone's entitled um, to their perception of what they think is good or not good. And just because they don't like what I write or they don't like the genre I write, or you know, they didn't like that particular story it doesn't mean that their perception is wrong in any way. It's just theirs. Yes. And um, there's no rule that says that they should have the same perception as mine as I do. So I take it with a pinch of salt. If it's someone who's, uh, if it's you know, a, a review as such, if it's somebody, um, if it's a fellow author or someone who's giving me some kind of you know, constructive tips on what I could have done better, I always listen. And I try to sort of internalize and see if I could do it better um, I, or work, work it through. Um, but otherwise, I think if you take everything that's said to you personally, you'll, you'll never be able to put your workout on a personal platform ever, because you you will just not be able to handle it. There are always going to be people who hate and I, I you know I actually appreciate people who've read my book and hated it. I, what I find slightly more frustrating with people who come up to me and say, oh, what do you write? And you say, I write romance and women's fiction. They go, like, oh, I hate romance. I'll never read your books. I'm like, okay, I'm not shoving it down your throat. Don't read it.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, Read romance is such a, a big uh, trope that I'm like, you know, I've stopped justifying myself because all I read is romance. All I read is YA. All I read is fantasy. And people come up and say oh that's not uh true literature then i'm like i'm lost at word i'm like okay i don't know this is what i read and this is what i love and this one well, that's mm. what i'm going to be, keep reading yes, oh, i oh, started oh. Say, telling people that oh that
2: those are like literary classics and all those those are my retirement plans bit of my
0: young so I'll,
2: <laughs> I'll read all those
0: no. Stuff. No. I, I I I would be reading all the more cheesy books when I'm uh, when I retire. I know myself. I'm going to be because I I am keep reading why even if I'm 70 years old, I'm going to keep laughing about those stupid stuff only. That's my plan. I am not reading classics
1: ever. <laughs> yeah, I honestly I'm like you know if if that's what you want to read, if it's classics, if it's literary fiction or whatever, like I said, it's your perception and it's your. I'm I'm not coming to you and saying you have to read my book. So you don't have, I, neither do I have to write what you want to read. (laughs) So (laughs) we
0: can just live and let live. (laughs) Totally. That's totally true. Uh, So we talked about your writing, we talked about you reading, we talked about you uh, spending time with your uh, daughter, anything else that you do or anything else you have time for and any, any other hobbies that you explore out of all these things? hobby
1: is my only hobby is reading I'm a very boring person that way but outside of this I also um, I work full-time I work at an architecture and interior design firm called uh, Urban Zen I handle their HR and um, PR work okay Uh, I'm not a designer myself Uh, but um, yeah that is some that is Something that I do as well, and something that I'm extremely passionate about too, because it's a business that I've seen grow from uh, scratch to what it is today. So it's something that I'm extremely invested and very proud of. Um, out, outside of that, I mean, um, my daughter keeps me completely occupied. So even reading is, you know, like nowadays, everything is mama. Can you please stop staring at your boring phone? And I'm like, uh-huh. So, the next time, so she watches this, you know, I mean, honestly, okay, and I'm getting a little off tra- topic here, but whenever she gets TV time, what she wants to do is watch videos of other kids playing with toys. That makes, like, zero oh. sense. To <laughs> so I, like, so you know, I, I keep sitting next to her, and I'm like, you're, you're watching rubbish. I'm like, this is actual rubbish. So now... <laughs> the other day but you know uh, somebody um, came by and they said so zoe what do you like to watch on tv and she's like rubbish i love rubbish <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they look at me and i'm am more watch. amazed with the fact that there are such videos like i would not imagine having such videos on uh, youtube or, or or some platform for the kids oh. to watch so i'm actually amazed by that
1: and you know those those videos are insanely popular, and apparently those ki- those kids in those videos make a ridiculous amount of money for making these videos, and like toy companies okay. send them these toys for free. Oh uh,
0: yeah, was... I, I, I can imagine that now. Like yeah, I mean that that kind of content marketing, like I I, I had not imagined, but yeah, now I can see that. Makes
1: it boggles my mind because sometimes I'm watching and I'm like you have that toy in the next room get up and go play with it <laughs> but she's completely you know fascinated by that and of course Frozen which is like if I have to listen to Lost in the Woods one more time I
0: think <laughs> I will
1: lose my mind <laughs>
0: I went and saw the last Frozen one with a bunch of kids and their mothers and I think uh, the uh, one of the best part of watching an animation movie with kids for me is like, you know, I'm as excited about an animation movie as the oh, kids yeah. are and the kids' parents would be like, what is wrong with this lady sitting next to us? Like, I was so happy watching Frozen. No, no, <laughs> I, I enjoyed I- it too
1: the first five times. After that, <laughs> it would become a little hard to handle.
0: <laughs> I guess I don't have that experience. So yeah, so no comments (laughs) on
1: that. (laughs) Yeah, so um, like I said, hobbies wise, I'm, I'm, I'm not only am I boring, I really literally have no talent, which is something I've, I mean, I always knew I wasn't great at, I wasn't great at art and drawing and singing or any of these things. But now that I am (laughs) so called homeschooling my child, I'm realizing exactly how useless I am. Because even when they're giving instructions on those, you know, in these online classes, and I'm like struggling here, yeah. and all the other mothers, you know, you can see them on the little screen. They have these flawless trays with everything set up, and you know, like literally, I mean, everything is set and aligned and beautiful. And you know, Zoe and I are looking, and they're like, "Where's your spatula?" I'm like, "Oh shit, spatula!" I supposed to have a spatula, and I'm running at that moment. <laughs> and like you know they're like fold it like this and we'll do origami like that and then stick and I, yeah it's just beyond me to be honest so I don't have hobbies because I have no talents so I read books
0: so <laughs> you're, right, good enough
2: for us. <laughs> you're in good company right now we won't judge you for that yes, because, I feel, because I
1: feel so inadequate <laughs> from Monday to Friday I have to tell you <laughs>
2: So, Saturdays we can get together and tell uh, each other how good we are at reading. Yeah, truly. Because... Talking about that, which was the last book that you read that has totally moved you? We want a recommendation for our uh, audience from you.
1: I really, you know, two of my favorite authors released books this month, and both books were such a disappointment. But uh, the last book that I read, which I really, really loved, was um, uh, Flat Share by Beth O'Leary.
2: Oh, yeah. Are you two um, hoping for a separate book for Richie? I
1: am, absolutely. I think he stole the show in that book. <laughs>
0: We had we did a whole even- pod, podcast about this one. Uh, I think the last to last podcast of ours was completely about this book. And me and DDS took a lot of time gushing about Richie. So, we won't yeah. start again. It's okay. We need, a, we need a separate fan club for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He stole the show completely. And I think this tends to happen when you are strong, uh, you know, secondary characters. They end up... Uh, stealing the show and causing a lot of hype and I don't know, she hasn't made any sound about writing the, his story, has she? Not I that don't I, think no.
2: so she can live up to our uh, imagination of Richie in any way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she has a different story I mean, coming out, I think. I. She's a different book coming out, but uh, not about the Richie. But yeah, there is one book uh, coming out. I think we yeah. read a uh, part of it in the flatshare, end of the flatshare, I suppose.
1: Yes, she did have a release coming up. The blurb, I, I remember reading the blurb on it too.
2: Was it The Switch? Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, that so I
1: good. have that book. It's on my TV. Yeah. Let's see. How <laughs> books do you have on your uh, TV right now, Dev?
2: Oh, don't ask. And <laughs> I won't have to write. <laughs> So, uh, it was fun having you, Shilpa, and we are like, we need to wrap up now. So, before we leave, uh, we are expecting Arjun's story. Do you have a title for it yet?
1: Yes, Arjun's story is titled Love, Truth, and Taking Chances.
2: Love, Truth, and Taking Chances is your next release, which I guess we'll see in a couple August. of months. August, August. August. August.
1: Hopefully, if I can sustain the pace.
2: Okay. So, August for Arjun, and will we see Arav's story this year? As
1: I truly hope so. I really do. That is, uh, to be honest, I didn't have a clear uh, vision of what Arav's story would be until I was uh, halfway through Arjun's. But while I've been writing this one, I kind of know where I want to go with that. So yes, definitely by the end of this year, his story will be out too.
2: Okay, so we have, we can look forward to Kapoor Brothers. More yes. of Kapoor Brothers Entertainment for in 2020. Yes. Lockdown won't be, won't be bad, yeah, some bad for some of us done. Sorry? Oh, we really need that. I'll say but- lockdown won't be so bad for some of us.
1: <laughs> someone wrote to me asking if i was planning a story for nisha and i was like no that didn't cross my mind it was just these three at the moment
2: okay thank you for joining us shilpa we wish you all the best and we thank are you. obviously if it's not obvious we are very 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 much looking forward to couple brothers uh am so for you, about
0: couple brothers in some months we would love to have you back
2: that would be great
1: thank you so much for having me on because this has been great fun
2: thank you and for our audience uh, we would like to remind you to tune in soon for our next episode which will be on the cozy mystery elementary she read by vicky delaney thank you for joining us and have a great week